Good morning, good morning, good morning. God bless you. This is Mount Carmel Bible College and Theological Seminary, once again located in New York. This is Bishop Dr. Wayne Spence. We invite you to tune in to our broadcast here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday mornings at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays for our virtual worship. You can also join us on Wednesday evening for prayer from 7 to 8 and Bible study from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. For prayer requests, or if you have any questions that you would like to address to us, please text me at 516-757-9274. Or email me at Mount Carmel Bible College 1 at gmail.com. Or you can visit us on our website at mtcarmelfullgospel.net forward slash Bible College. I want to take this time to welcome you to the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation. We have already done chapters 1, chapters 2, chapters 3, and chapters 4. As we know, it's posted on the uh, Mount Carmel Bible College podcast. You can go on any one of the podcasts and just type in Mount Carmel Bible College and it should bring it up. If not, you can again text me to let me know you're unable to find it at 516-757-9274. This this morning, we understand that according to Revelation chapter 4, the church is already in heaven. And so in chapter 5, and beloveds, for those of you that are listening, I believe that you have a mindset of going to heaven. And because we, we want to get to heaven, because we do not want to go through the the tribulation period, because we don't want to to die in sin and our soul be be lost for all eternity, we we might want to take this time to know about it or or know just a little about it before we get there. But the most important information is from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself when He told us He will be there ahead of us. According to John 14, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says that Jesus says to us, Let not your heart be troubled. He believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there he may be also. If nothing else wonderful is said about heaven, this would be enough. Why? Because we know that we're going to be with him. In Revelation chapter 4, we saw that God's throne here is the center of the attraction in heaven. Now in Revelation chapter 5, as we open the book and we flip to the first verse, we see that the lion and the lamb is representing Jesus Christ sitting on the throne. We see him here as both sovereign of the universe and savior of the world. He is completely in charge of all the events which follows in this book of Revelation. So Revelation chapter 5 begins with the conjunction and liking or linking it with chapters 4 where John said he heard Jesus' voice. Now John continues from chapter 4 into chapter 5 and tells us what else he sees. 
In Jesus' right hand, John said he saw a book closed tightly with seven seals. Here we understand for the theological student that seven is not an accidental number. Seven is significant not only because the Roman law required a will to be sealed seven times, but also because seven is God's number for completion. So in Revelation chapter 5 and 1, the Bible said, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within, and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. Its subject here is redemption, and its contents will unlock the remainder of this chapter, as well as the things that will begin to happen in chapter 6 onward. The message is contained on the inside so no one can look in. And the outside is locked by seven seals. Revelation chapter 5 and 2 says this, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? There is a search for a member of the human race. Someone from the past or someone from the present, or even any rank of angels, whether it's Michael or Gabriel, can anybody else open this book? And they're looking everywhere. There is a search going on, but the search for someone to open the book proves fruitless. And there is absolutely no one found anywhere that is worthy. But in Revelation 5 and 3, the Bible says, no man in heaven, nor in the earth, Neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. It is here we see that the apostle John is heartbroken. Revelation 5 and 4, And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. This book, rolled up and sealed, is the title deed to the world in which we now live. It is Jesus who created this world. It is Jesus who redeemed this world. And so this world belongs to him and to him alone. Daniel says in chapter 7 verse 13 and 14, I saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Zechariah chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Then I turned and lifted up mine eyes, and looked, and behold, a flying roll. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I answered, I see a flying roll. The length thereof is twenty cubits, and the breadth thereof ten cubits. Then said he unto me, This is the curse that goeth forth over the face of the whole earth. For everyone that stealeth shall be cut off as on this side, according to it, and everyone that sweareth shall be cut off as on that side, according to it. Some theologians think this scroll is 
the Ten Commandments and that the world is to be judged by those commandments alone. Others suggest that this particular book represents God's covenant with Israel mentioned in Jeremiah chapter 31 to 33. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their inward parts and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. In Romans chapter 11 verse 26 through 27, and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 6 through 18, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds I will write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. We don't really know what was written on this scroll, except to say that it depends on the power of the throne of God, Jesus Christ himself, only he can open the seal. And as long as this scroll remains sealed, Satan will be in complete control of the planet. But beloved, remember, the earth is still the Lord's. In Revelation 5 and 5, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The question then is, who will open the book? Who will do it? John is really upset. He's visible, shaken by it. He's bothered by this. He had a holy affection and a sincere curiosity about looking into the things that even angels weren't allowed to see in. John then enters into the drama because he has come from the earth and has seen what will transpire. Will sin and sorrow overwhelm us and take us over? Lord, is there a future for the earth? Isn't there anyone competent enough, competent enough to rule it? So John is overwhelmed by the possibility that maybe no one is qualified to open the book and to take charge of this earth. And so he begins to weep because he didn't have an answer. But Jesus Christ, who is the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, who is the root and the offspring of David. Why? Because since Judah is the leading tribe of Israel and the lion is the king of the beast, Christ is pictured here when he comes as Israel's king in Revelation 19 and 16. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then one of the 24 elders said unto John, Don't weep, man, don't cry. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David's family line, he has conquered. He can open the scroll. He's the only one that can rip through the seven seals. 
It is at this moment that the Lord God gave unto him the throne of his father David. In Luke chapter 1, verses 32, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Who has the right to do this? Who has the power to make this covenant effective? For our entire history, as long and as far back as we can remember, even in our present life today, we have been trying to resolve our own problems with wars and famines and sicknesses and all these things, even in our own homes. Not realizing that it is only God that can fix mankind. No matter how much we have thought we can solve our own problems, the word of God makes it very clear we can fix. Only God can fix. Why? Because no man on this earth or under the earth or there's no angel that could open the scroll save Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. None of us has the right or the right power to open the book. Why? Because we were all born in sin and it is Jesus Christ that redeemed us. We did not redeem ourselves. It is only Jesus Christ that could take charge of this earth. So many have tried to take charge. Adam was given dominion, and yet Adam lost dominion when he sinned. Moses was given the law, but he also broke the law. David was made king, and yet David's lineage failed as being king. None of Adam's lineage qualifies. None of us will ever measure up to be ruler of this earth. Why? Because the ruler must be the redeemer. The, re the ruler must be sovereign. The ruler must be the savior of mankind. And Jesus Christ is the only one who qualifies as redeemer and savior of this world. Satan had to stand aside. Adam had to stand aside. We have to stand aside. Why? Because we can't do it. None of Adam's children can do it. Satan tried to take it over, but he couldn't do it either because he was defeated at the cross of Calvary. So in Revelation chapter 5 and 6, And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So we find John telling us even some more things of what he saw. That there between the throne with the four living creatures and with the elders, John said, I saw a lamb. I saw Christ standing, bearing scars and wounds as though it had been slain before. This lamb, Literally a lamb, a lamb in all its gentleness, a lamb in all its willingness to be sacrificed. Jesus Christ was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and he did not open his mouth according to Isaiah 53 and 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her sharer is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world according to John 1 and 29. This Lamb had the wounds and the scars of a violent death. 
that speaks of Jesus Christ's redemptive sacrifice. It speaks of his substitution for our lives. Yet John saw this lamb standing in the midst of the four beasts and the elders. Here John saw Jesus who was no longer seated at the right hand of God. But now he's moving. He's moving into power. He's on his way now to judge the earth. The judgment of the tribulation is about to begin and the earth is getting ready for the first seal to be broken. The earth is getting ready for the first strike. I'm speaking to those of you today who miss the church being caught up into heaven before the tribulation begins. The winds are blowing on the earth as we stated before the seven seal scroll is a title deed to the earth and is subject is redemption. The Lamb of God, John 1.29, who earned the right by redemption to the title deed of the earth, is the only one worthy to open the sea. This is the Lamb who died for you and for me. This is Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to 1 Corinthians 5 and 3. Or I deliver unto you first of all that which I also receive. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He shed his precious blood to purchase our redemption. For the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1 and 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sins. John, who recorded that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, when he walked upon this earth, now says that no one can overcome but by the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 12 and 11. And they that overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. There is no other way to be redeemed except by the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 9 and 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. This is the lamb who is worthy because of the sacrifice he paid for our sins. The lamb's seven horns picture here his strength. Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The seven eyes here pictures the fact that he sees everything each of us do, whether it's in the darkest part of our lives or in the brightest light, according to Hebrews 4 and 13. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The lamb has seven horns, complete power, omnipotent, according to Daniel 7 and 8. Please take the time to read Daniel chapter 7 and chapter 8. And if you do not understand it, send me the text message, send me the email, ask your questions when I'm teaching, and we will go through it together to get an understanding for you until the day that the Lord brings us into that lesson. We'll deal with that at another time. But we want to make sure we understand that the seven eyes here speaks to complete knowledge. And it speaks to the omniscience of Jesus Christ, which are the seven spirits of God who has been sent on duty into all the earth. So Jesus now moves in the fullness of the spirit. 
who is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Since seven means perfection and completeness, there will be no mistakes made as the judgment is handed out, whether it's at the judgment seat of Christ where rewards are given or the great white throne judgment, because the seven spirits of God are a picture of the Holy Spirit in all of his fullness rest upon Christ without measure, coupling his power. Seven horns is all seen vision. The Lord Jesus Christ is a lion and a lamb. As a lion refers to the second coming, the lamb's character refers to his first coming. The lion is symbolic of his majesty. The lamb is symbolic of his meekness. As a lion, he is sovereign. As a lamb, he is a savior. As a lion, he is a judge. As a lamb, he was judged. The lion represents the government of God. The lamb represents the grace of God. The seven eyes also, along with his filling of the Holy Spirit of God in a sevenfold way in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Not one mistake will be made during the tribulation hour. And so the only one found worthy is Jesus Christ, Revelation 5 and 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Verse 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them hops and golden veils full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So as John continues to look, John continues to tell us what the Lion and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is doing. Jesus moves to the throne, takes the book, and now takes over through the tribulation period. He begins now to unseal the book and to judge the world in righteousness before he reigns in righteousness. He is no longer the intercessor of the church because why? The church is now gone and is with him. The 24 elders, representative of all God's people that are saved. Share in this glorious moment. The praise becomes so spectacular that the redeemed break out into singing. The elders here represents the body of Christ. And with the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints in verse 8, along with the four creatures, they begin to sing a worship song to Jesus. And the angelic hosts join in in praise to the Lamb. They sing about how Jesus is now the redeemer of mankind from all ages and races. How he alone is worthy, according to Revelation chapter 5 and 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and every tongue and people and nation. Verse 10 said, And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. The praise here is going up in appreciation of the fact that Christ was slain on Calvary's cross. 
and that his precious blood was shed according to 1 Peter chapter 1 and 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, his blood and his blood alone was shed for the entire world. Those that died from Adam's time to those that died to the time he died on the cross and those that are alive today, his blood is the only price paid for the forgiveness of sin. And all we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we shall be saved. Jesus Christ died for all humanity regardless of who we believe we are. You can be kings and queens. It could be presidents. It could be CEOs. It does not matter. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. According to Revelation chapter 5 and 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This passage is not just a song because there is nowhere in the scripture that we find angels singing. Angels, they recite praise. Whereas the church triumphant sings her glorious message. The angels associated with the Lord since their creation know him as few know him for they lived with him as far back as they were created for thousands of years. They praised the lamb for seven reasons. One is power. Two is spiritual riches. Three is wisdom. Four is might. Five is honor. Six is glory. And seven is blessing. But carnal Christians who will not bow in worship to Christ on earth, now soon will find out what it is that's going to happen. Because when Revelation chapter 6 opens and the seventh seal breaks, all those that have been left behind, all those that have rejected Jesus Christ as the son of the living God, all those that have rejected either the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all those that have lived a pagan life, all those that feel that they can make things work without God, is going to find out that there is judgment coming at this tribulation. Revelation chapter 5 and 13 says this, And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard, I say in blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and forever. At this point in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, scriptures will be fulfilled, says this, Wherefore God also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What then is the response as the heavenly hosts envision this future hour, this time of trouble? In verse 14 of Revelation 5, And the four beasts says, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worship him that liveth forever and ever. Notice, beloved, that the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, the church triumphant, those that have been born again, they get a head start. 
They're taken out and they're in the celebration. The church triumphant cannot wait to begin their worship of the lamb, of the lion. They cannot wait. We can't wait to begin worshiping our Lord Jesus Christ. I always wonder how come we don't worship down here, but we don't realize we're going to have to worship up there. Beloved, the first seal in Revelation chapter 6 is getting ready to be open. And I want you to stay with the program here. Stay with the podcast. Because when the seal is open, we're going to find out really what's going to happen. Beginning at chapter 6, hell is going to come upon the earth. You don't want to miss this. I want to know more about what's going to happen. Reach out to us at 516-757-9274. God bless you.